Joel here. I'm with Wes from Fundamental Games. Uh, Wes, uh, go ahead and say hello and a little bit about yourself. Hey, yeah, I'm Wes, Fundamental Games, uh, kind of a new game company that I started uh, in March of last year. Uh, I've been in the hobby for many, many years, uh, mainly with Magic the Gathering and Dungeons and Dragons, but really started exploring more about this awesome hobby in the last year or so. And um, I've always been a creator and a designer at art, and uh, the hobby world has kind of taken hold of me now. Very cool. Uh, and so you uh, are on the show here because you do have a upcoming, uh, maybe I guess depending on when you're hearing this podcast, current uh, Kickstarter. And it's your second project with Fundamental Games. Um, and I guess maybe just tell us a little about that too. I could talk about your game, but I think you could do a better job than me probably. So I'll let you go ahead and do that. For sure, yeah. Uh, Legends of Novus is this, uh, it's actually a relaunch. Uh, had a chance to put it on Kickstarter back in February to March. And uh, got a lot of interest, over 400 backers and uh, $15,000 USD, uh, but I had put a lofty goal there. Uh, but Legends of Novus, it's a fantasy adventure board game where um, you and up to four other players, so it's a one to five player game, will travel around the board. And uh, like many epic uh, fantasy games, you're going to collect gear and power up your character and fight some awesome creatures. Uh, but the big thing is that um, it's really different from many of the fantasy games I've seen and played over the years. And um, I think I, I was able to design something that I wanted to play um, in the past, just kind of a one-shot D&D type of experience. And, and that's really what Legends of Novus is. For sure. So you, I guess, I guess I'm gathering that based on your fantasy background uh, and your background in Magic the Gathering and D&D, it really drew you into the whole fantasy realm and wanting to create a fantasy universe. Uh, is there any, anything else to that story or... What, what's the particulars on uh, how Novus kind of became created and what made you want to use the fantasy setting? I've been a fan of fantasy ever since I broke my leg in grade six and spent two months in the hospital reading Dungeons and Dragons novels. Compliments my brother. Um, I've been a sucker for the for fantasy ever since then. I mean, I, I get into different things like comics and, and Euro games, but fantasy is really uh, where my heart lies. And so if I was going to design a board game and any games I've designed thus far have always been about fantasy, whether it's about uh, spells and wizards or whether it's about dragons, uh, like Duel of the Dragons that I, my first game. And now it's really about exploring a massive fantasy world that I created from the ground up. Yeah. And so I have played this game. Uh, I've played it about four times now. Uh, thank you for sending me a, a print and play copy. I, it was a really nice copy, actually. Uh, one of the better print and plays I've ever played. So, um, I really did enjoy this game. Uh, the universe feels a little like familiar, but different. It's, um, you know, you're, you're not going to your standard water deep or things like that, but you're, you're kind of exploring a new world and it does feel familiar. So some of the names of, of different encounters or, or gear that you're going to have, is going to feel familiar, but it's a fresh kind of new universe. I, I like it a lot actually. And I'm really hopeful that the, 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 Novus, the island, I guess, or the land of Novus can continue to be something that we hear from. Um, really did enjoy this one quite a bit. Um, so you did mention that you had previous Kickstarters. Um, you did say that this one you reeled back and kind of learned some things maybe and did a relaunch. But then before that, you had uh, an additional Kickstarter? Yeah, my first game was just a way to figure out what Kickstarter really was all about from a personal side of things, because you can read about it in uh, the, the now late James Matthews blogs or uh, Jamie uh, Stegmeier, uh, and they've got some amazing information that I learned about over the past year and a half. But Duels of Dragons was really about making a small-scale game that not too many people backed, 
uh, just had 80 backers, really easy to fulfill, really easy to design. And it helped me understand uh, how to build a game from the ground up and fulfill it in this Kickstarter world so that I could kind of set myself up to prepare for this bigger game. I, I have a board game design that I'm playtesting right now, and I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to shop it around to a publisher or do the Kickstarter thing. And it just really seems scary to do the Kickstarter thing. And so doing a small campaign to start seems like a really wise thing to do. Uh, what are some things maybe you learned from that? Or how did you learn about, I mean, I guess the, the manufacturing process and just the whole life cycle of the game. Like how, how has your learning been through this? Uh, what are some things you might want to tell other people about that? Uh, when, I, when I went through my first Kickstarter, uh, I learned a lot about how the program in Kickstarter works to actually build the campaign uh, from start to finish and all the different reports that you can kind of get visibility to and the, the way the, the, the backers start to comment to you. And then all of a sudden, once you launch, you get about 20 different people wanting you to give the money to promote your game. So that was kind of an eye opener that it's a, a world of vampires out there in a, in a way. Um, the manufacturing process there's so many different methods of manufacturing from us to china to um just doing it at a local print shop so just trying to learn what's the best cost to to um, shipping ratios and um, learning about uh, super backers and about uh, how much how the different things people want was really an eye-opener so i think it was a, a great experience any designer that wants to build a big game would really benefit from having that small scale independent opportunity even if you just make a standard 54 card deck go through uh drive through cards or go through mpc and just make your own little game even if you get 20 backers and you have a funding goal of 200 dollars, it gets you that experience that you can't get from just reading alone yeah and it must have been an okay experience because you're coming back for another round and really this one is scaled up quite a bit um if I remember right, uh, your your goal on this one is around uh, $15,000 United, United States of, of dollars, uh, a little more, I mean, than that in Canada because of the exchange rate, but uh, several times bigger than the first one. So it must have been an okay experience, I guess, uh, for you to come back for more. Yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, like I said, um, I've, I've loved fantasy and just being able to talk to and uh, relate to all the different people that are interested in the game and see what they're interested in uh, has been an exciting adventure. And uh, being able to get out of my mind all these different designs and thoughts about creatures and places has been a, quite the experience. Yeah, for sure. Uh, if you've got the itch, boy, there's no no better way to scratch it than go out and create, for sure. So. I'm going to guess that when Legends of Novus is on Kickstarter, it will be one of maybe, I don't know, 10 different fantasy games that are on there at this at this time. And that's a pretty conservative estimate. Um, what makes your game special? Why should people give it a second look? That That is the hardest thing about Kickstarter is trying to stand out in this amazing crowd of games. Um, a couple things stand out. First off, uh, what catches your eye, and you mentioned this in one of your videos, is that the art and the, the world... Um, the uh, environments really kind of encompass everything that is fantasy to me. I mean, I've seen fantasy games out there that kind of dabble in a bit of digital art and it, the, the art is so-so, it's okay. And then you hear some awkward names and see some sketchy mechanics, but the game is playable. Uh, what I did with Novus to really make it different is try to get the best art I could at a reasonable price with some new artists that really want to prove themselves in the world. So a shout out to Andrea Butera and... Um, the landscape artist Boris Tirano, uh, really amazed at what they've delivered so far for the game. So that's that's the first part is just that visual. Uh, the second part is having a control over your destiny. There's so many fantasy games that I've seen, I've watched videos on, or I've played myself where 
almost everything you do is scripted. You could make some A or B choices, but you don't really have a lot of freedom. It, you might have some freedom in how you equip yourself or what skills you choose, but the actual storyline is scripted for you. And I struggle with that as a former D&D player and uh, still uh, enjoy that chance to explore. So Legends of Novus gives you that freedom to go wherever you want, whenever you want, however you want, um, just knowing that there could be consequences on your actions. And then the third part is having an experience that can be start started and finished in the same setting. Um, so um, when you compare it to games like um, uh, Gloomhaven or D&D or uh, any of those big scope games, you really, literally need to invest 30, 40 hours to complete some kind of major campaign. And I designed Legends of Novus to be able to sit down at a table with a group of friends um, and just play it out an hour and a half maybe. And it's one and done. And you get to have that experience of going from a little hero or a little new adventurer to an epic hero, destroying a dragon or a lich, uh, and just have that uh, fun experience in one shot. So sorry, a lot to shout out there, but those are the three main things that stand out to me about Novus. No, and I agree with all those things. After having played this a few times, I would wholeheartedly agree with that. And so just kind of to yes and what you just said, um, I've got, you know, uh, I've, I've got no... Uh, vested interest in, in your game other than I think it's cool. And uh, I would echo everything you said. And I would say this, uh, one of our recent episodes that we did on the podcast were, was games that we don't play because <laughs> they just take too long to set up and they take too long to tear down. And it's just not worth it. And my number one pick on that was Gloomhaven. I loved that game so much the first few times I played it. And then it became this thing of, I had a room dedicated in my house to have Gloomhaven stuff just set up in so I could just sit down and play it with people, but then getting the same group of people to come together to play it and to get it set up and look through all the diagrams and everything, it just really is a slog to get out. And so I think you could probably play a game of, of <laughs> Legends of Novus and uh, put it away in the amount of time it would take to you know, <laughs> set up a, a Gloomhaven campaign, kind of. So that's a slight yeah. exaggeration, but I mean, it's very quick to set up. Uh, play mats and some cards, and and I love that. Um, and the landscapes, uh, the guy you have to do your landscapes and cityscapes, boy, he is a really talented artist. I mean, amongst the best fantasy art I've ever seen. So you you've definitely got that going on for you as well. Um, I I don't know how you feel about this. That I made a, like kind of home rules for your game already. Um, we played through it just kind of vanilla the first couple times. I absolutely love that, actually, Joel. <laughs> So we, what we did though is the third time we played, we said, you know what, this deck of cards is just really cool equipment. Like it's really just cool equipment. It's good art. This universe is awesome, and it takes a lot of that plan time from being a dungeon master out of the out of the game uh, of D anD D. And so we just, I mean, we just basically winged it. And and my brother said, you know what, let me see if I can D anD D something uh, or DM something. And so it almost became a hybrid of D anD D and your game. And it was a lot of fun. It got really silly. And the parts of D&D that I really enjoy are those creative storytelling aspects. And the mechanic and the die rolling, I can do without. I mean, it's it definitely adds to the tension and adds to the story. But I think it's just a necessary evil almost. And your game, what it did for us in our group, and we're going to continue using it, I'm sure, because it just it was so nice to be able to play like this, is it basically took um, all that homework out of the game and let us just kind of just enjoy creating and making a story and developing NPCs and relationships and friendships and, and fights and just all these cool things that just kind of happened in just really a much more organic way because all that contrived mechanical stuff 
was just taken care of by your system. So, you know, I'm in my in my mid-30s now, and I want to be 13 again. I want to be 14 again and be able to say, man, let's have a slumber party and let's play D&D for 12 hours. But it just doesn't happen when you're in your mid-30s. No, no, it does not. <laughs> <laughs> right. So being able to feel that that young, like feeling of your youth when you were able to play D&D as a kid and just get that immersed feeling in a quick package and knowing that you don't have to have the same group of people there every week and have you know the same group there. I think your game is a really good way as a catalyst to kind of get that feeling back. So um, I really do like your game a lot. Um, and I think you've got a really cool thing here. And I think I said it in my video, I hope you like raise like a quarter of a million dollars or something crazy on this because I want you to be able to dedicate yourself to like just developing this system into something amazing and that you have a booth at, you know, Gen Con in a couple of years that's, you know, as big as Paizo's or something. So I don't know. Uh, I, I think you probably hope that too, but um, like, I don't know. I just want good things to happen for you. I, you can tell this is definitely a labor of love, Wes, um, for sure. How long has this game been in development? Uh, I started this actually when I, I went to the game store with my son on a Friday night to play some magic and the, the tournament didn't run. So we thought, you know what, we're just going to pick up a board game off the shelf. We grabbed a uh, the little deck of Munchkin, the very first edition, and we played a game of that. Yeah. And as I was playing that, it almost tortured me, right? I was playing it, and I'm such a fan of D&D and fantasy art and um, high level, and I played this, and I was like, what is this? And uh, as much as people, I mean, there's people that love Munchkin, and there's people that hate Munchkin, I would actually fall into the I don't like Munchkin camp. But what the game did for me is it was a catalyst to create, and it told me that I could do something with fantasy that – is so much better than this, but still so much similar to this. And that's where Nova's kind of began. And so for the last year and a half, I've just been slogging away, trying to figure out how to create the mechanics, how to travel a world in a, in a light, simple way, but in a way that feels like it's important. And it's just been ongoing from there. Yeah. I think people who have disdain towards Munchkin, uh, I think they have that because they just want more, you know? And I think that it can't deliver more. It's just a simple little silly card game. And I, I mean, it's good for some laughs, but your game definitely uh, gives you that more, you know? Um, so I, I like it a lot, actually. Uh, I think I've said that like maybe three times in this interview. <laughs> That's a good thing. It's just, I don't know, it hits that sweet spot of just kind of that middle ground of you can get guys who don't know D&D, don't know much about fantasy to jump in and play with you and learn while they're playing or people who have a background in it are able to say, this is satisfying enough, it's heavy enough that I feel like I'm getting to play fantasy gaming. Kind of to a company that um, I'm trying to build into this next campaign, just uh, a free adventure in the Novus world, but in the D&D 5e setting, just as a way to to say Novus could be D&D, Novus could be a campaign setting, yeah. but it can also be a board game. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I mean, 5e, they've made that system a lot more streamlined, but it's still a slog compared to Novus. I mean, you can sit down and teach someone how to play this game and be playing it in 20 minutes, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. So I uh, really love that. So one thing that's really interesting about this game to me uh, is you can basically print your own money on Kickstarter by putting miniatures in a game. And I think, I don't know, you might be enough of a purist that you said, you know what, let's not put minis in this game. But I, I see that you don't have minis in this. And um, what was the decision there to not include minis? Uh, first off, as a new designer, the, the complication of making minis, getting the molding done, the cost of getting a, a designer to make those is one thing. And then getting the actual cost of manufacturing and shipping them, especially now with um, everything that's going on with the trades, um, I have no idea what to expect with that. So part of it is right. just the complications that are added. Uh, but secondary, I mean, to me, fantasy is all about that art, about the, the color, about the imagery. And uh, Boros 
and Andrea do such a good job with it. I didn't want to detract from Andrea's artistic uh, views of the dragon and of the lich and of the hydra and of the characters by trying to create something that's 3D when it already looks so amazing in um, color and art. So using standees and and cards uh, just lets you visualize it that much more. Yeah, the art is very good. Uh, so how did you how did you get hooked up with these artists and and what do you want to? I mean, I guess. Uh, there's some art in the game that I played that wasn't quite final. Are they still working on finalizing the art, or where are we at with the art on this? Yeah, so the copy that you got would have had uh, a little bit of placement art in the locations, just free art that you can extract from the internet. I'm sure that you could easily tell which stuff was Boris's and which stuff was not, because um, it right. really does stand out. And then, um, so all of the art for the locations and for all the remaining creatures and characters. Uh, actually, all the characters are done, but all the, there's a few creatures that are left to do. That'll all be finished uh, based on the funding of the Kickstarter. Uh, but right now we're sitting at about uh, 60% of the art complete by the, those two artists. And the rest, they're committed to doing if we get the funding level. So that'll be one of the things that potentially would cause a delay or will cut, will, uh, will take some time to get finished. Uh, and then with, like you said, the uh, trade difficulties with overseas production of things cardboard, um, that could <laughs> cause problems too. But what is your what is your plan, I guess, for delivery on this one? What's the date you're shooting for? Uh, to, I want to give myself a, a little bit of a fair date. So we want to have some time for the artists to do the work that they need to do, some time for the manufacturer to get the components just right, and then um, understanding that Chinese New Year happens around February. Uh, so a tentative date of April 2020 will be what's posted on the Kickstarter. I think that's far enough out that um, it gives a little bit of room for flexibility. Because the one thing I hate about Kickstarter, and I've backed about 60 projects now, is the constant messages about, sorry, we're late, sorry, we're later, sorry, we don't know when we're going to get it to you. And I don't want to be that creator. I want to give a date and I want to deliver early, if not on time. Right. I I think they need to learn the old adage of... Uh under prom- under promise over deliver and i think they kind of do the opposite on kickstarter quite a bit they over promise and under deliver too often so a good conservative date i love hearing that for sure so from the fan base uh just uh tim asked what is your favorite maybe house rule or your own spin on this game when you're playing it at home or some things maybe you've tried um that i guess you can talk about because maybe you have expansions in your mind already and things yeah but, like what's something you feel comfortable telling us about it this time? i mean um, the design of the world of novus is based on a historical moment where an event called the maelstrom kind of magically tore up the world and combined all these different continental environments um so you'll see on the main island that there's a an ice area and a tropical area and a forested area and it kind of blends in on this giant continent but the idea is that the rest of novus is left undiscovered we don't know what happened to the rest of the world since the maelstrom and that's where the expansions come in and you'll see on the map there's uh four golden locations that are kind of going to be the links to extend the board should we have some success uh whether it's to the ghostly coast or to the the demon gate or to the aura's uh, temple um so my most exciting part about this game is that this could be a green field and expand uh to have more characters down the road more classes down the road more uh introduction of magic or monsters down the road uh, because in fantasy that your mind is your limit and my mind is limitless when it comes to fantasy so just excited for what could happen in the future if this base game got the attention that i'm looking for yeah uh for sure and then What's your favorite character to play? Uh, actually, my wife wanted to know that. Uh, what's your favorite class to play and, and character? I love playing the the thief character. I love uh, being able to 
find a way to sneakily accumulate gold and decide if I, do I want to spend that gold on experience or do I want to spend that gold on equipment or uh, adventure cards or do I want to um, uh, just try to go out and hack and slash my way to victory? The thief character gives you a lot of different avenues. Very cool. I, I played the Druid uh, and I've really enjoyed the Druid for some reason. So um, <laughs> I love I love the art that he came up with with that one where he's got the spectral bear kind of behind him. Uh, he did a good job with that one. Yeah, I think that's really cool. And he kind of looks like a rugged mountain man kind of thing. I don't know. It's 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 kind of a cool piece of art. So very much uh, a cool game. Um, we haven't really talked about the mechanics of the game very much, but a lot of just card-based encounters and traveling to try and, you know, power up a character to finally fight these these big beasts. Um, the the uh, the final the final product here. Um, what are the what are the end bosses or the epic bosses going to look like? Are they going to be what size cards are they going to end up being on? And like, are those going to be on cardstock or what are your hopes for those? Uh, so at the minimum uh, funding goal, those would be uh, four and a half by four and a half inch card stock, um, and then one of the stretch goals will be to um, put it onto actual cardboard tiles because they do feel better and, and look better on cardboard tiles, but there is a cost to that. And part of the relaunch was finding a way to minimize the cost, get the game out there. And then if it's funded, um, it's been proven on Kickstarter. If you fund in a certain amount of time, you tend to overfund and then you can actually deliver what you wanted to deliver in the first place. So starting with cardstock for the uh, quest creatures and upgrading to um, cardboard tiles, but same size regardless, four and a half inches square. Yeah, very cool. Uh, so how much sleep does a Kickstarter creator lose during their campaign? I typically go to sleep around 1 or one thirty at night, and I usually get up at around 6 in the morning. So I get about four and a half hours of sleep. I usually work on this for about, not specifically this, but anything game-related, I'll work on for about three to three and a half hours a night. Uh, and some of that time, wow. more recently, because I've developed Nova so much, what I'm trying to do is find a way to kind of bond with other creators and other players. So I've been actually developing um, tabletop simulator games for other designers that are on Kickstarter now and just um, kind of reaching out to the community and helping them in my spare time um, while still trying to finish up my Kickstarter pages. Very cool. And you don't get overly anxious. You don't feel, you know, nervous during the campaign at all. I mean, it, I don't know. I'd probably have an ongoing stomachache the whole time my campaign was going. Uh, it's a huge investment of time. It's a labor of love, and there is some financials involved for sure. I mean, you've seen uh, some of the quality of components and art that's been distributed thus far, and, and there is a cost to that. So uh, to say I don't have a stake in it, I absolutely do, uh, both financially, emotionally, and um, physically by dedicating this time. Uh, so there's a bit of anxiety in how is a, a relaunch going to do, and um but that's just the risk you have to take. I mean, uh, you, yeah, what is it, Gretzky, a famous Canadian? Um, you lose 100% of the shots you don't take or miss. I'm a, I'm a huge NHL fan, so I like your reference. I guess that, that kind of wraps things up. Um, we're going to end with just a couple of little crazy questions here. Um, Wes, what's the most embarrassing thing you've ever worn? Most embarrassing thing I've ever worn has probably been a dress at work when um, the, the store that I worked Ooh. for completed a, a goal or, a, or we had a, um, a target for them to meet and they exceeded it. And my penalty was wearing a dress for half a day. So that was fun. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> hey, it takes a big man to admit that, though. Uh, very funny. So what are some nicknames that you get called or that you might call other people that are kind of fun? Uh, back when I was in junior high, people liked to call me Woody because my last name is Woodbury and kind of rhymed with Wesley. So that name stuck around for a little bit. But thankfully, that one's gone. Uh, and then um, when I was in, uh, no, there's not been really any other names to now that I think about it. Just Woody. So, so this will be a good one for you, I think, uh, Wes, based on just a little bit I know about you. What fictional character uh, is amazing in their book but would be insufferable if you had to deal with them in real life? Insufferable in real life? Tasselhoff Burfoot. I think he's written so well in the Kender class and, or Kender race itself in the Dragonland setting is, is so different. But if you had to put up with a creature like that, you'd probably just put your sword through him. <laughs> Uh, so final question here, what other some other games that you've been playing lately or some other things gaming related that you've been doing that you could plug, uh, like just, just not necessarily your products, but things that you think are good. Uh, well, I guess I'll share some of the ones that I've been, I mean, I've been invested in seeing some of the new Kickstarters that came out recently. So, uh, untamed, I think just launched today and they have some absolutely stunning animal, uh, character artwork. And I did a, a playthrough on their tabletop simulator just for fun. And a really cool game. It reminds me so much of Keyforge, but it's different enough that um, I'd play it many times and and uh, still love it. Hmm. Uh, so if you check that out, well, that one's pretty cool. And um, another one that I played recently, I think it's going to be at Origins, uh, but it's not uh, been released yet. And it's a game called Legion uh, Champions of Valdiria, I think, by a guy named... Um, I can't remember his first name. His last name is Greaves. Um, but anyway, it's a kind of a fantasy setting, of course. Uh, what else would I play? But um, you work in kind of a triumvirate of characters battling one another in a duel. Um, that one was fun as well. As for games that I keep in my tabletop with my family, we're playing uh, Betrayal Legacy right now, which mm. is pretty different from my normal fantasy setting. And um, uh, we enjoy uh, some of the other more commonplace games like Lords of Waterdeep or... Um, Azul or um, King Domino, I mean, all kinds of variety just to keep the the gears turning, spice it up. Very good. Well, Wes, thanks for your time. I appreciate you uh, sitting down with us here for, for a little while in the virtual studio. And uh, I wish you all the luck in the world. I really do enjoy your product because I think you've got just a great mind and a great universe planned out. Um, yeah. And hopefully we see some books maybe even. You ever thought about writing a book? I think you'd write a killer book. <laughs> I have written a, about a quarter of a book before. I've I've started writing books multiple times, but I've never had the gusto to finish it. And there's something about being able to see art and tactilely hold components that kept let me finish a product so I can finish a board game, but I can't finish a book. Um, and that's why Novus was so cool because it's kind of like I can incorporate book ideas and build a history behind it. I, I actually built a Novus app for Android and I'm just layering in story into the app just as a way to express what's happening in the world of Novus. Well, very cool. And thanks again, Wes, and good luck. Thank you very much, Joel. Appreciate your time. 